And welcome back. Nighttime Live continues. Bob Harris here with you, and we're going to talk a little bit about a new book that has just come out, and uh, I am so tickled to talk to this guy. Uh, his name is Fred Willard. You might remember him from so many different motion pictures, Waiting for Guffman, Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, uh, Mighty Wind. My favorite, by the way, uh, has to be the uh, dog show, uh, Best of Show. And, uh, of course, Fernwood tonight, the, the, his credits go on and on and on. And uh, Mr. Fred Willard is with us right now. And, Fred, this is an, indeed an honor for you uh, to be here, for, for us to uh, have you on the show here today. Well, thank you very much. I have to say, we do have kind of one little thing in common here. Uh, I understand that one of your, I don't know if it's your best friend, but a good friend of yours, is from Fargo, North Dakota. Oh, who's that? A youngster by the name of Tim Sharp. Oh, yes. And, uh. and you did, a, if I'm not mistaken, you did a TV show with him called Undeclared. Yes. Of course, yes. And uh, and anyway, he's it, it, that was a great show, and I'm, I was very surprised it only lasted one season. Uh-huh. But a friend of mine uh, gave me the show on DVD, and there was a segment in there where you play, I think you play a college professor, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. As a college or high school, I forget what I was, yeah. And I tried to make my, uh, my lectures a little more exciting. Yeah, I remember that. But you're so well known for your ad-libbing. It, did, did that some something that came naturally to you right out the beginning of your acting career? Well, not not really. I was uh, I started out uh, as part of a comedy team, and one day I was uh, after our team dissolved, I was asked to come in and audition for the you know, Second City Comedy Group in Chicago. They had auditions in New York, and I thought, oh, geez, I can't uh, I can't do this. But I suddenly found that I could, or I was lucky enough at the audition, and they offered me. Uh, a job at Second City, so I went there. And I stayed there for a year, and then um, I didn't really do any improv for years after that. Um, oh, I did for a while. I got into a comedy group called the Ace Trucking Company. Oh, sure. That part of our group, part of our show would be improvisation, and then the next thing where I really got back into improv was the Christopher Guest movies. Oh, uh, and, and now was Spinal Tap your first one with them? Yeah, yeah, that wasn't that was Rob Reiner actually. Uh, Christopher Guest was in that, and then Christopher took over and did uh, Waiting for Guffman, uh, Best in Show, Mighty Wind, and For Your Consideration. And there was quite a bit of improv in uh, Ron Burgundy, Anchorman, too, with Will Ferrell. He likes to uh, do a lot of uh, off the top of your head. You know, in, in movies like that, what uh, what they do is do it uh, with the way it's scripted a couple of times. And then put in, uh, then do it once your own version. Oh, oh I got you. I got you. Whereas uh, Christopher Guest, right away, the very from the very front, you know what you're supposed to do, but there's nothing written. You just start improvising. See, because I can be fun and a little scary too. <laughs> because I notice so much difference between your type of ad libbing or the movies that you've been in with ad libbing, and let's say Woody Allen. I know he loves to do a lot of ad libbing in his motion pictures as well. Uh-huh. And I find you guys are much more entertaining, and it, I seem to get very bored. It seems very stale the way Woody Allen does it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, you can tell he's, uh, he's doing some improvising, but I've always wanted to be in a Woody Allen movie. I just love his movies. Even, uh, you know, a lot of them don't, I get kind of critically panned and all, but uh, something always interesting about them. Uh, yeah, I don't know how he works. Uh, I'm not sure. We just know he plays the clarinet once a week. That's yeah. <laughs> Fred Willard is our special guest tonight here on KFGO. Fred Willard's magnificent movie trivia book. We're going to talk more about that in just a couple of minutes. By the way, I have to say congratulations. Another uh, Emmy nomination. Yeah, isn't that great for, for the, this uh, show, Modern Family, which is uh, 
kind of everyone seems to like that show, and I was just a guest on it twice, and I got nominated as, as a guest, uh, you know, for one of the episodes. So that's that's going to be fun. That you were, I think you were the grandfather of the kids, right? Yeah, yeah, the father of Ty Burrell, yeah. and uh, yeah, kind of a wacky part, and uh, <laughs> so it was a lot of fun to do that. That show was the same thing as scripted. You take scripted, and then they say, just, you know, make up what you want to, and uh, which um, is kind of uncomfortable, Frank. I, I would just assume, just do what they've written, particularly if it's good. Uh-huh. You know, if you want to change a little bit, okay, but uh, then suddenly they're asking you to rewrite the script. But I forget how much was improvised and how much was uh, written in that. I, I looked at your IMDB or whatever it is uh, uh-huh. on, on the Internet, and you do a lot of episodic type shows where, I mean, you're only in one or two of them, it seems, and then, you know, you're gone. Is that, is that, is that okay with you, or would you rather have, like, a full uh, season of series to work on? Well, yeah, I think a whole season is much more fun. You get into the, the groove, and every week, you, you know, the actors, it's such a hit and miss with actors. Do you have a job? Do you not have a job? But even if you're on a series, you never can tell when you're coming some week and you're written out or they've recast it. I did a series about... Two years ago with Kelsey Grammer and Patricia Heaton called Back to You. And it happens all the time, but we, you know, where they're rehearsing for the, before they do what, the, what they call the, the, uh, the first episode, the pilot. And you come in one day and there's a new guy playing the part of someone in the cast. And it's kind of frightening. It's, uh, it must be the feeling, uh, you know, you come in back in Nazi Germany and one of your friends has been taken away. Well, what happened there? And, uh, and the guy who replaces him is good, but not that much better than the first guy. So, uh, you know, it, it's happened almost every actor that uh, you, you, you get canned from a series or they, the next episode they've recast it. So, um, so even if you're a regular on a series, it's, it's never that much job security. But I found that in this world there's not much job security in everything. Am I right? Well, yeah, well yeah, yeah, that's true, too. But what, I guess when I take it back, when I, what I mean about it, you mentioned Patricia Heaton. You were on Everybody Loves Raymond. You, yeah. weren't, you weren't in every episode. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. No, I would have liked to have been in every episode, sure. Uh, yeah, because that was a fun show to do. And uh but when I go back, they'd welcome you back like you were, oh, so good to see you. I'm so glad you're back. So it was a nice feeling. But I think I was doing something else at the same time, too. I think I was doing the uh, Norm MacDonald series, so I was not available for all of them. So uh, it was just as well. I was quite busy that year. This is, uh, once again, Fred Willard, our special guest here on KFGO. I have to, it, it seems like things are kind of turning around just a little bit because, and I, I don't mean to put you in, in that age group, but let's face it, you are really popular with the kids. We saw uh, Betty White the other uh, couple of months ago, Saturday Night Live. The kids yeah. just absolutely ate her up. What is the deal where the younger generation is all, all of a sudden turning around and coming to the, uh, the well, the, the older actress, the class, the class people? I don't know what it is. It's, it's just that maybe they're just, uh, uh, you know, submerged with every, the same people all the time, and suddenly they see something with uh, someone else. And, uh, I mean, I was that way with uh, when I was starting out or midway through my career. A lot of the old-time comics, I was, you know, they're corny, they're old. Then a few years go by, and you suddenly see something they did, like Jackie Mason. Suddenly someone invited me, and they said, you've got to see Jackie Mason. I said, oh, I remember him. He's kind of hackneyed. But I went down to see his show. It was like discovering someone all over again. Um, because everything, you know, it's cyclical in the business. 
and people have jobs and then they don't, they disappear, and then for no reason, it's not that they're bad or good, it's just that, uh, you know, there's always someone new, it's like baseball, too. People can be on the all-star team for one year, and two years later you find out they're released, and you say, hey, what's going on here? <laughs> and welcome back. More with Fred Willard here on KFGL, and we're talking about uh, his career, also his new uh, movie trivia book, Fred Willard's Magnificent Movie Trivia. Uh, if I don't ask, people are going to call me, but uh, Fernwood Tonight yeah. uh, with Martin Mull, one of the most <laughs> hilarious things I think I've seen in, in years. That was kind of a spinoff of Mary Hartman, wasn't it? It was, exactly. They wanted to have a summer show, and someone came up with the idea of uh, what, would, what, a, what would a cable show be like if it was uh, broadcast from this town in Ohio, Fernwood. So they came up with that idea, and um, I got to work with Martin Mull for the very first time. And it was really the um, first time that had been done, a spoof of a talk show, which a lot of people, we try to do it so realistically that people thought it was a real talk show from this little town. And they've tried to do that since, and I've, I've watched these shows, but you can tell right away they're being funny, and it's a spoof, which um, kind of takes some of the fun away from it. And then you would reunite with him later on with uh, Roseanne, too, right? Uh, yes. Martin and I, we, 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 we were... Um, did the first gay marriage on TV. <laughs> and that was a scene, the day that was shot, because uh, Roseanne got just about anyone she wanted to be in a, uh, on her show, and they they throw the bridal bouquet, and they, they, the lady who caught it was Milton Berle, dressed as a woman. <laughs> and, the, the, I mean, the extras were all uh, Judy Garland and Liza Minnelli impersonators. And it was a very colorful day. I, I have to go back. Where was your first public appearance? When did you first get on television? Uh, well, it was in Canada. I had a partner with we, we a comedy act. We were playing a club in Canada, and they asked us to come on and do their show, and then they said, listen, uh, you guys are leaving town. We'd like to tape a couple of segments with you. And so they did, and then they took us in the office and showed them to us, and we'd never seen ourselves on TV. And we were like a couple of idiots. We sat there and laughed and laughed. We thought we were so funny. And then one of our four earlier shows, I think we did the... Um, the Tonight Show, when it was Johnny Carson. Um, that was one of the earliest things I did. And then one of the earliest things, one of the earliest movies I ever did was a thing called Teenage Mother, oh. which I talked about on the David Letterman show a few years ago, and wouldn't you know, they found a clip from it. And I was pretty good, but it was a, it was a, strange, uh, a strange movie. And the selling point of, of it at the time it was like R-rated because they showed actual footage of a woman giving birth, you know, in a, in a hospital uh, to a li to a baby, and that was the big drawing point. Wow! And I played a baseball coach at this high school, or, and it was uh, it, it was the first movie movie thing I did. <laughs> I, before we're going to get to the book next after this question, I got, but I have to ask you, Buck Laughlin. Best of show. Best of show, yeah. You were the uh, you were the commentator. The color tell, commentator. <laughs> tell me about the situation there, because I understand when you were sitting there, there were there there weren't no dogs. What were you looking at? There was nothing. They brought me and Jim Pittick, who played the uh, talk show, uh, you know, host. They brought us in the day before, and they showed us footage. This, they said, "This is what you'll be seeing tomorrow. You won't be seeing anything, but this is what you'll be seeing." So they showed us all the stuff. And the next day, we went in, and they had about. Um, 50 extras, and they move them around. And also, when you see the crowd scenes there, Christopher Guest pointed out, he says, if you'll notice, one out of every three people is actually a cardboard cutout. And you, you, you don't notice that unless you look for it. 
And he said, uh, well, I said, well, it must cost for those cutouts. He said, yeah, but you don't have to serve them lunch. <laughs> so sitting, I think we had actual people behind us, and Christopher would roll the camera and say, now you're seeing this, now you're seeing that. And our first movie with him had been Waiting for Guffman, and so much of everyone's stuff had been edited out, because he filmed like 30 hours and cut it down to 85 minutes. I said, so much of this stuff will end up on the cutting room floor. I said, I'm going to say everything that comes to mind. And I did, and luckily he, he kept... Well, probably two-thirds of it, which was plenty. Because in watching the movie, it got to the point near the end, I said, I was saying, I hope I don't come on anymore, because I've had just about enough of, of me. <laughs> is, which is unusual for an actor. By the way, is there another one coming, do you think? Is Christopher Guest I, got another I've one? I've heard that they might be playing a TV series, which would be great. Oh, that'd be fun. And I think what's happened, so many TV shows and movies uh, have taken on this documentary I mean, every place I go, someone comes up and hands me a DVD and says, "Oh, we've we've done a, a you know a Christopher Guest uh, you know kind of a mockumentary. Would you take it home and, and watch it?" But I take it home and watch it, and the trouble with a lot of them, they have funny toupees and funny outfits, and they, you say, "Oh, they're trying to be very funny." I think Christopher Guest's movies, you can watch and think it's a real documentary, and not really get that it's. Um, that we're trying to be funny, which to me is my favorite kind of humor. You can look at it and say, hey, what happened? That's exactly right. <laughs> I say all the time, and people turn around in the theater and say, hey, hold it down, Fred. Fred Willard's magnificent movie trivia. Let is me that... ask you one question. Sure. Um, f- being from Fargo, I remember the movie Fargo came out. Right. What was your take on that? Did you like it or not? Because for two years, every voiceover guy in Los Angeles was doing a Fargo accent. <laughs> Except me, I think. I mean, you'd go in to read for something and say, now, can you do a Fargo accent? And I, I would try, but I didn't really get into it. I'll tell you what, there are portions of the nor- like northwestern Minnesota where they're so Scandinavian. I went up deer hunting there uh, it was a number of years ago, and I came back with a Scandinavian accent, just like yeah, you were here in Fargo. It. Yeah, it's like going to Canada. You come back with a Canadian accent. Yeah. It's easier to fall into it. By the way, n- not every house has a wood chipper, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about this book. It's not only movie trivia, but it's a, it's a game all in one, right? Well, you can, you, yeah, it's, it's just a book. You don't need cards or a, a board or anything. Uh, you, you get multiple uh, uh, questions with multiple answers, and then when you turn the page to see the answer... Most of the times you'll not only get the answer, but a little trivia about the movie, uh, which, which is very interesting to me. Um, I'm trying to think what, uh, like uh, Clint Eastwood, he's famous for saying, uh, go ahead and make my day. Mm-hmm. What was that from? Well, everyone would say, oh, Dirty Harry. It's not. It was from Sudden Impact. Uh, and then there was another, uh, let's see, uh, the movie Giant. James Dean, you know, he was killed shortly after the movie was, the photography was finished, but they had looping he had to do voices so they had to call in his friend nick adams to do his voice uh-huh. on a lot of, of the scenes so now what i want it makes me interested to go and watch that movie and see if i can say hey that's not james dean talking <laughs> all right here you go godfather 1972 where did the hitman turn uh sunny into swiss cheese well that was um the to- oh dear the i'll give you the, i'll give right? you the i'll give you the selections church oh, okay. rest, church restaurant barber's chair toll booth Oh boy, I think it's the toll booth. Toll booth, absolutely right. You know your trivia. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. But there was a where was the scene in the restaurant? That was very graphic. Oh, that's when uh, that's when uh, Michael popped the, uh, the the one guy and then the police chief. Yeah, right? and, and the gun was hidden in the bathroom, which is right. taken from a true true story. Yeah, that was a bloody scene. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, Fred, can they pick these up, this book, up anywhere, I would imagine, right? I think they can, yeah. I think they're just about going on sale. We, uh, I was a part of a, uh, a podcast show last night, and afterwards a, the, the, a book company had my books in the lobby, and it was surprising. A lot of people lined up uh, to buy it. It's not very expensive. I think a lot of them would just want to say hello to me, but it was uh, a lot of them uh, picked up the book. So I think it's a good... Uh, it's a good gift. It's a good something for a family to sit around. You don't have to pull out a board and cards. And um, and you can cheat. You know, you can read it through and then play it with your friends, and you'll know all the answers. Over 900 questions, by the way. Wow. Uh, and so it's it's really it's really cool. And by the way, uh, Buzz Time, who puts the book out, gave us some prizes. So in just a few, so just in, in a few minutes here, folks, you stick around. We're gonna give you a chance to win some prizes. I'll ask you a couple of questions out of the book. Now they're good people because they, they had uh, researchers come up with all this stuff, and it's really, uh, it really full. I think they have another one out about TV trivia. Uh, I think Dick Van Patten uh, put that together. So it's, uh, I read that. That's very interesting. Uh, and it's interesting, uh, as I put in the acknowledgement, I said it's interesting. But movies, people love movies so much that just the trivia about them has become a source of uh, of entertainment. Now, before I let you go, okay, okay, my, I, we, I've, I've got so many people, and, and I'm serious, talking about okay. waiting for Guffman. Did you ever talk to Maria Moldauer after that version of Midnight at the Oasis? Yes, I did. Did you really? I was in, um, I was down in Mexico at some place with a, a film festival, and she was a performer there, and she was thrilled, and she she just loved it. And um, she did um, she did two shows that night outdoors, you know. And, uh, so we sat through her first act. She never sang it in the first act, so we had to sit through till midnight before she did Midnight at the Oasis. <laughs> and um, the the reason that Chris Guest put that in the movie is he went to high school with the guy who wrote the song. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there's trivia which is not in the book. I guess that would be it. May be in the book. I don't think so. <laughs> but it's uh, yeah. He and I did meet Mul- Maria Moldauer. She's a little more jazz. She's kind of uh, jazz-oriented, very, very talented. Uh, i tell you what we're going to do here. As we uh, say goodbye, we're going to play Midnight at the Oasis, the Waiting for Guffman version, so, oh, we, so oh, we can let the folks know what, uh, well, what that's know all about. You know how that came about? That was a, we went into a di- do that audition in there, and it was like a real audition. We walked in, and the cameras were on, and it had been my idea to do that. what that is is a spoof of an old taster's choice TV commercial, which was kind of a, they had like four episodes, which I thought that most people would think was good acting, good drama. And Chris wanted to do that song, so we combined it both in that horrific thing you saw in the movie. Uh, we were the most annoying couple you'd ever see, me and Captain <laughs> O'Hara. And if, I'm not remember, if I remember right, it's the same, uh, you have the same like jogging suits on, right? Matching jogging suits, of course, <laughs> with a towel around our neck. <laughs> Fred... You know, I don't know what to say, except I have just been, this has just kind of made my month, my year so far. Oh, that's so nice. Thank and, you. Uh, and if you ever come to Fargo, or if you've ever got anything you want to talk about here in Fargo again, movie, TV, whatever, I want to hear from you, okay? Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you. Fred Willard's magnificent movie trivia book at Stands Everywhere. Check the internet as well.